Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos to Connected podcast. Thank you for being patient with me as I took last week off. I thought I was going to have this child way earlier than I did and I had like seven episodes I think scheduled out thinking like this would give me enough time to have the baby have a few weeks of just sharing what episode is already recorded and uploaded and not have to do anything with it but that just was not the case so I decided instead of stressing myself out I was just gonna let it be so today I'm gonna share Um, the birth story of our third child. Her name is Luella. And um, so if this isn't your jam, (laughs) tune in next week because we'll get back to regularly scheduled programming. But I wanted to share a few things from pregnancy because this one was different than my other two. And I'm not sure, you know, maybe it's because she was a girl and my other two were boys or just because it was the third one. Who knows? Um, but it was quite different from the other two. My other two were very similar. Um, there were similarities in this one, but also things that were quite different. So I have been sick for all of them. Um, yeah, (laughs) not fun, especially when you have other children. And I think this time around, so I was taking care of my grandparents, Um, and while it was really nice to be at my parents where I could like wear comfy clothes and all of that sort of stuff, I also felt like it was harder because I was more like when I was working in the clinic, you know, I had a child every 45 minutes that I was working with. And so I didn't have a lot of time to actually pay much attention to the not feeling well. Like, obviously I still noticed it, but it was just a lot different than when you're, you know, in a comfortable environment, there's not really a whole lot of time restraints and things like that going on and so it was just I felt like it was harder in that way but I also ended up having an umbilical hernia which um when I was like six to seven weeks pregnant I kind of felt something um it felt like like an umbilical cord you know like kind of spongy and um I've never had one before I didn't know what it was and then when I was, I think around eight weeks, it like popped out and became very painful. I couldn't walk or sit down. Uh, so I went to the ER because I didn't know that that's for sure what it was. I just had this thought that that's what it was. But again, I had no experience with any type of hernia. Um, so I went there and he just like popped it back in place, which I didn't know that you could do. And, um, basically you know, so I wanted to give birth at the birth center again. And he was pretty much like, I wouldn't recommend it to my sister. And, you know, it's just going to get worse and more painful as your stomach grows. 
So instead of going to the birth center for my first appointment, I went to a hospital and I found somebody who her like special interest was abdominal things because I was like, well, if anyone's going to know all the questions I have, like for sure, it's going to be someone who has a special interest in the stomach area. And she was basically like, well, actually it should become less painful because your as your uterus grows, it's kind of blocking the hernia from popping out, which ended up being true. And she also said, if the only reason that you're coming here and not the birth center is because of this, then I see no reason why you shouldn't go to the birth center. So basically this ER doctor had me all afraid and worried. This was like this huge deal. And she also, he had mentioned, you know, basically after you have the baby, you should pretty much have surgery right away to get it taken care of. And I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to have a newborn baby, two other children, and I'm going to have this abdominal procedure. This doesn't seem like a great idea. And she was like, I would never recommend somebody to have a procedure done unless, you know, it's bothering you or it becomes, you know, an actual real problem where it gets stuck and you can't push it back in. So I had thought like, I can't exercise because, you know, you look it up and it's basically like, don't don't strain your muscles don't exercise don't do any of these things because then it like aggravates it and it just made it seem a lot worse than it actually was further along in pregnancy I thought I maybe had like a prolapse turns out it was probably just like my bladder wall kind of you know weakened and coming down and I did notice that as I was more consistent with exercising, that was better. So I don't know if that's ever the case for you. Exercising really did help me. I um, did like the beach body prenatal workouts. And then I would also walk um, a route by our house at night. But about like 36, 37 weeks, I pretty much stopped exercising completely because I was in so much pain. (laughs) I don't know if it was her position or what, um, or just being the third pregnancy and you know, everything is just more flexible and stretched than when you have your first or second. Um, But just lots of pain with even simple things like walking. And so I pretty much stopped. I thought that I might have her soon because, because of all the pain that I was experiencing. But funny enough, she stayed in there another five whole weeks. Um, at 37 weeks around, I think we went on like a date night and we had not picked a name. That was the longest it ever taken us to pick a name. And I was getting really stressed out because I'm not like the person that wants to see the baby and then figure it out. Like maybe if I had two choices, that would be fine. But I was like, this baby needs to have a name. Like I don't want it to be nameless. And so we, like came up with a name. And when we got back that night, I was having some pretty, I mean, not painful in when you think of full on labor, but like more intense contractions. And I thought like, okay, this is going to be it. You know, like we have a name, everything is set in place. Um, but yeah, that didn't happen. I literally felt like towards the end, I was just going to be pregnant forever. (laughs) Um, so actually at 41 weeks and 
a couple days I was supposed to go in for an appointment to have my membrane sweeped to because I I didn't really try a whole lot up to this point to try to kickstart labor just because unless your body's ready you know you can do all the things and it's not going to really make a difference anyways um but at this point the clock was ticking because at 42 weeks I would have to be transferred out of the birth center and into a hospital setting and while some people love the hospital my first experience which if you didn't listen to Miles's birth story you can scroll back Um, I'll also link it in the show notes in case you're interested but I did not like the experience I had. A lot of interventions happened and also, you know, I was less educated. So that definitely played a factor, but I just didn't want to go that route after being in the birth center and like how calm and quiet and peaceful and, um, hands off sort of it was. So the Monday of my 41 week pregnant. So I turned the week mark on Thursday. So that next Monday I was scheduled for a membrane sweep. And I just thought that you do it once and like, if it's going to do anything, it works right away. And I later came to find out from a different midwife that actually it's usually the second or third time. But what ended up happening is there was a, a birth at the birth center and So she could not, the midwife couldn't leave, obviously, to come and have an appointment with me because she was like in the pushing phase. And the other midwife, I think, was out of town or something. So they ended up rescheduling my appointment for the next day, which I was really upset about at first because I'm thinking, okay, now I have another day gone. (laughs) And then I thought, well, maybe this is like God's way of saying like, you don't need any intervention. It's just going to happen on its own. (laughs) It didn't. So I went to the appointment on that Tuesday, got my, you know, did the membrane sweep and all that. Um, Nothing happened. And I had always heard this is really painful. So it wasn't. I don't know. I don't know if that's because I had been in so much pain this whole time that it felt literally like nothing was happening. Um, or if the midwife just did a really good job, I'm not sure, but I'd, I always felt like people, like when I listen to birth stories and stuff, they say that it is uncomfortable and I did not feel that. Um, so anyway, that night, so Tuesday night, (laughs) our power went off at like 11 o'clock Our kids share a room, but they have a sound machine going. And so when the power went off, the sound machine obviously went off, and they both woke up screaming, (laughs) startled me out of my sleep, ran to their room, and the power ended up being off until about 4 (laughs) a.m. So I stayed in their room with them, and I used my phone to play white noise. (laughs) And as the hours ticked on, my phone was getting close to dying, So I was waking like every probably 30, 45 minutes to check my phone battery life. And then I was like, okay, well, I have my computer. I can connect my phone to my computer. I'll turn the sound on that. Well, my computer wasn't, didn't have that much battery and neither did my phone. So my phone wasn't a stable connection. (laughs) So it kept coming in and out. So then I went and got my husband's phone and thankfully like his was pretty much charged fully um but it and the power ended up coming on like 30 minutes later so it was fine 
but during that time, I was having contractions and some of them were like really strong. They were really short, maybe like 15 to 20 seconds, but like I felt like I had to breathe through them. So I was thinking like, maybe this is it. Well, as soon as I went back to my own bed, (laughs) they stopped and never came back. So then that Wednesday, I scheduled another appointment to get my membrane sweeped again. um, Because like I mentioned before, she said, if nothing happens, you know, generally nothing happens from the first time. And we usually do it two to three times. Normally they like to do two days or 48 hours in between, but obviously we didn't have that much time. So I also had to get a biophysical, I think that's what it's called. I should have had it done sooner, but there was like, I don't know, maybe somebody forgot or something. I don't know. So at my appointment on Tuesday, she's like, I need you to go in and get this done like as soon as possible. So before my appointment on Wednesday, I went and had the biophysical done, which if you don't know what that is, I think that's it. I feel like it's bio... It's either biophysical or bio something physical. But anyways, it's just once you get past 41 weeks, you know, they have different things that they check both like your fluid levels and also to make sure like baby is doing okay. I had already had three non-stress tests. I was not worried about it, but obviously it's just like a protocol thing. And if I would have had to transfer, this was already taken care of. And so they wouldn't have had to do it then if I had to transfer because that would have been something I would have needed to do too. Um... So I had that done. They give you like 30 minutes to to see all these these different markers that they look for. It had like she had done all of them within probably 10 minutes. And then the ultrasound technician was like, "Okay, I'm going to just measure her. This is not accurate, but I just want to see what it what it says." So it comes out that she weighs 8 pounds 9 ounces. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, because both of my boys were 7 and a half pounds when they were born." thinking like that's a big baby and she's like you know and give or take a pound pound and a half because I can't get a great accurate measurement with the head because she's engaged and so here I am thinking like eight pounds nine ounces that's that's big and thinking like that's probably wrong probably somewhere in you know the the seven pound range again I don't know why I thought that but you know I was almost 42 weeks pregnant but anyways so then um I leave there, I go to my appointment and she says, do you want me to break your water today? And I was like, well, you know, what would be the benefit? Cause I'm thinking like, you know, I really wanted it to kind of happen naturally when I had Huxton, my water didn't break until I was like pushing him out with miles. I had my water. Well, I had like a high leak and then they broke it several times because it didn't obviously fully break. So I was a little hesitant, but she said it would give us more time because, you know, the next day, that Thursday would have been the day that I would have either needed to go into labor or transfer to another facility. And so I was like, okay, let's just do it. And I had told her, you know, about my my history with Miles and how they broke it like three different times. And she was definitely thinking, you know, like what was wrong with them? Like why, why did it take so many times? Because, you know, you're really not supposed to be doing it that many like separate times because every time, you know, you get a new check or something, you risk introducing infection and that sort of thing. Um, so then we go upstairs to a birthing room I, you know, get on the 
bed. They, it's like a, it's essentially like a bedroom and a bathroom, like in a home. And, um, I can't remember. I, th- I think we broke the water first and then did the stress test or she started the stress test and then did the water. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, which is kind of silly because it was only two weeks ago. But anyways, um, so she tried to break my water and she could not. <laughs> she tried and she tried and she tried. And she was like, okay, now I see why it took them so many times because your bag of water is like so strong. And she said, like, when this baby comes out, I'm going to look where, where all these scratch marks are. And, and then eventually she was like, I know that the bag of water broke because I can feel your baby's hair, but nothing like there, nothing was coming out. There's no gush of water, anything. So she was obviously blocking it somehow. Like it just, I don't know. So they hooked me up to the non-stress test monitor and she's like, I'm just gonna, um, let you here for a while. I have an appointment downstairs make sure, you know, that the baby is tolerating the water being broken. Okay. And then just, I'll come back up when the appointment's over and see where we're at. So she ended up being gone for like, well, not gone. She was just downstairs and they have a call button. So just like in a hospital, if you need something, you can push the button and they come right away. But, um, so I was just sitting up there waiting for her kind of texting my husband, like, okay, they're going to break my water, letting him know he was on his way home from work. He was working you know, at least an hour away from home. And then, so that happened at around 3.30. Around four o'clock, I started to feel contractions every four minutes. So I was kind of, I was noticing they were regular. So I was timing them every four minutes. I was having the contractions. I had told Jake, my husband, that I was, and the midwife, I was planning to go home and then come back later when I thought labor was, you know, further along because I didn't want to Although it's comfortable at the birth center, you know, for me, as opposed to a hospital, it's still not like being in your home. And I just, I didn't want to be there for hours and hours and hours. So I had kind of told my husband that, um, he was getting home in the meantime, my midwife comes up around four thirty. by that point, my contractions had moved from like four to two minutes apart. And I text my husband, I was like, I'm not coming home shower, grab the stuff and come. And so I, she was like, I'm so sorry that appointment took so long. You know, they were first time parents. So they had a lot of questions. And I was like, honestly, thankfully it took so long because otherwise I probably would have been trying to get home and labor would have picked up drastically and I would have been in trouble. Um, so that ended up being good. Jake got there at five o'clock. Contractions were like, a minute apart. Very intense. Um, yeah. By the time my midwife came back up from her appointment, I was really having to breathe through the contractions. This wasn't like a slow progression. It was like, I could feel her moving down. And I don't know if that's because my water was broken. Um, because I didn't have that experience with Huxton. I, I don't remember feeling him like moving down at all. But he was also like my water didn't break until I was pushing him out. So I don't know if that's why, because it was the same, you know, there was, I was, it was in the birth center as well, no medication or anything that would prohibit you from kind of feeling that sort of thing. Um, it was just such a interesting experience, but so I, 
you know, my husband finally got there at five o'clock. I was eventually like, I want to get in the tub because last time he had taken the like detachable or removable shower head and was like spraying the hot water on my stomach when I had a contraction and that felt really good to me. So I was like, I want to do that again. So get in, the, get in the tub, start the water, have a few contractions. And I'm like, I really feel like I have to push already. And she's like, do you want me to check you? Like, it's okay to listen to your body. And it had happened so fast that I was like, I don't know. I just need somebody to tell me what to do. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do the like wrong thing, you know? And so she was like, well, if you really feel like you have to push, you are either going to have to wait until the water, you know, so if you're in the water, you have to be fully submerged. Your baby has to be under the water when they're born. They can't, you know, come out and go back under the water. And so she's like, you either have to wait until the water is full enough or you're going to have to end up getting out. Like, do you think you'll be able to get out when you feel like you have to push? And I was like, no. (laughs) So she's like, okay, let's get out then. So I was in the tub for maybe like five minutes I got out. I pushed Huxton out on the toilet last time. So I was like, I'll try that. Gravity helps, all that stuff. I sat on there and I just like, it wasn't feeling good to me. And I was like, I don't like this. I, I, I need, I was already feeling like I can't do this. Like I'm at the point where I can't do it. And I just wanted somebody to tell me like when to push, what to do, even though I'd done this before, I just, I don't know. I I think it was because it was so intense because it was so fast. So then she's like, well, I can, I can kind of instruct you on what to do, but I'm going to need you to go to the bed, obviously, because (laughs) I'm sitting on the toilet. You can't see you really do anything. So I moved to the bed. I laid on, um, well, not my stomach, like kind of over a peanut ball. And I did a bunch of contractions like that they were extremely intense. Like I would say more than Huxton's birth, not quite the intensity as Pitocin contractions, but like up there. Although maybe they were like that. It's just, I knew how to cope (laughs) this time. The first time when I had Pitocin, I had not done any research, didn't read anything. So I didn't really know how to manage the pain. So more comparable to Pitocin contractions than I would say my last time. Just really, really, really intense. Lots of pressure. Like, yeah. Um, And I think just because it was just happening so quickly, whereas Huxton, you know, it was like, I woke up in the morning, I knew I was having contractions, but they didn't really pick up until like three in the afternoon. And then he was born at 11. So it was a long process. This was like 3.30, water broken, 4 o'clock, contraction started, you know, <laughs> whatever. The other thing I forgot to mention was that when I was in the tub, she was like, well, how long did you push for last time? Because I was there with Huxton. And Jake and I were like, well, I don't know, maybe like 30 minutes. I don't know. We weren't really looking. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to look it up. If it's 20 minutes or longer, you can stay in the tub. If not, you're going to like, I need you to get out. She looked it up and she was like, yeah, it was 10 minutes. (laughs) So I got out, then um, moved to the bed. So I had done several contractions um, over the peanut ball, but I just felt my lower back was really uncomfortable continuing. Like it was really starting to get sore. And so she just said, just lay on your side. And so I did. Um, And that's eventually how I ended up pushing and it worked really well for several reasons. So if you have not had a baby yet or you're planning to or you're going to have a baby, 
I would recommend pushing on your side. I had always been under the impression that like go into a gravity assist position, like, you know, when I was with Huxton and on the toilet, but the sideline position was really helpful because my midwife then would coach me like, you know, push more or, or whatever I needed, like basically telling me what my body was already doing, but mentally what I needed help with. Like I needed her to tell me what to do when, cause I just felt like in that headspace, I like, I just needed that. But also, you know, she ended up putting my leg on her shoulder and kind of leaning into it to help kind of stabilize my leg, but help, you know, that like pushing part. But then I, so I don't know how long it pushed, not very long. Um, and she was born at 623. So... <laughs> Again, my water was broken at 3.30. Contraction started around 4, maybe a little bit after, and she was born at 6.23. So it was very fast. I did not do any of the, like, tea or the dates or anything. I think she was just ready, but, like, once my water broke, like, then it was <laughs> it was game time. Um, and she was actually 9 pounds, 6 ounces. And so when I like thought back to the eight pounds, nine ounces. I was like, oh my gosh, I thought that was so much. And it definitely was harder to push her out um, than Huxton. But when they measured her, her head was actually smaller than her shoulder chest area. And I think usually the head is the biggest part. So when I pushed the head out, like it was equally as hard to push the rest of her out because she was actually bigger. So her head was like measured 13 and I think her body was 14 and a half or something. And the midwife is like, oh, and I was kind of like, what? And Jake was like, well, that's why, you know, I, he must've maybe heard something that I didn't during the pushing or something. Cause I was like, I shut so focused just on pushing her up. And so that's, that's that. And then we just, I, I, Oh, the other reason that I wanted to suggest pushing on your side is because I barely tore. Very minor. She put in two stitches just because. But with both of the other two, I definitely tore more and I had a lot more discomfort this time around. I really didn't have any, which was amazing, especially for my biggest baby by two pounds. Um, and I think that helped a lot. The other thing that I was naturally doing that she said was really good. And I think that helped is when I was laying over the ball, because the contractions were so intense, I was trying to breathe through as they were starting. But then as they were getting more intense, I was kind of, my body was kind of starting to push a little bit, just almost like warm ups, you know, like kind of like stretching a little bit. And so I think that probably also really helped is that it wasn't just like all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of pressure pushing, but kind of leading up to that point, you know, I had had several contractions where I was doing that just kind of naturally because that's what my body was doing. Um, yeah. And then we just hung out there for a couple hours. We went home around 930, 10 o'clock. We're not ones to want to just like we could have stayed and hung out there, but we were all good to go. So we headed home and yeah, I had asked on Instagram if there was any questions and one question outside of like just the process and you know what happened is 
like what was the first thing you said (laughs) afterwards and I just kept saying I'm so glad that's over (laughs) I'm so glad that's over because it was I mean I think you're always glad it's over right like it's a lot you know for anyone but especially if you don't have medication to help with the pain and it was so fast and so intense that I was just like not only was I so glad it was over because of that but also I was just honestly so glad not to be pregnant anymore (laughs) because you know I was basically 42 weeks pregnant and I wasn't going to go past that um so anyways I'm gonna wrap this up because it's getting super long but I was just really thankful I kept throughout this entire time, I forgot to say that Wednesday morning, um, before I went to the two appointments, I had my dad take Huxton, my youngest at the time, um, because normally Miles has classical conversations, like a homeschooling class. So my mom took him there. And then I said, you know, can you still take Huxton even though I'm going to be home? And so that morning I spent doing the Miles circuit, which I didn't think was very comfortable, but And I also don't think it worked. Maybe all of those things kind of like helped position wise so that when my water was broken, like things moved along quicker. I don't know. But I spent the day just kind of relaxing and trying to do some of the things to kickstart labor naturally, which didn't end up doing anything. But it was really nice to just have that morning of not rushing and not having to deal with anything and just relax. And then um, I was going to mention too, afterwards she was like, okay, now I need to look where all those, you know, where she was like trying to rip the sack. And, um, if you're interested, if you're interested in birth and stuff, you might think this is cool, but I had no idea, but she like picked up the amniotic sack with the placenta in it. And she said, this is why I could not break it because normally if you go to lift up the amniotic sac, especially with a placenta in it, it will just tear. And mine, (laughs) she has it like fully off the bed, full weight of the placenta in there. And it's just like hanging strong. So I don't know. She said, (laughs) I was like, before all the contractions and everything, I was like, well, what, what makes your amniotic sac so strong? And she said, well, genes and good nutrition. And I was like, at the time I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't be eating so well. Obviously, you know, just joking, but like thinking if it wasn't so strong, maybe it would have broken by now, you know? But anyways, so throughout that last like week or two, especially the last few days, I was just really trying to surrender and um, remember that God has always... Every time that I have seen him work, his plans have always been better than mine and things have always worked out better than I would have hoped they would be or anticipated them to be or even if they were challenging, like there was so much good um, in those times and so I just really continue to remind myself that whatever, like God already knows how this baby is going to be born, where this baby is going to be born, when, how, all of that stuff. And he's never steered me wrong before. I've always been so grateful and just wanted to be obedient because of that fact. Like I just know that things are always so much better, whether they're really great or hard and there's lessons in there and, you know, sweet mercies along the way. 
and all these little blessings that you can see and protection and all of that stuff. And so I just kept reminding myself that no matter what, like God's plan is better and I want whatever that is. And so if that means I end up going to the hospital, that's what it'll be. And so, um, I don't know if that helped my body, like as soon as the water broke to just like go full force, but I'm really thankful that I did end up being able to stay at the birth center and have the birth that I, you know, wanted to have and everything went great. So, um, feel free to message me if you want to see the picture, if you're really into birth, if you want to see the picture of me or not me, the midwife holding my antibiotic sack up, if that's something that you think is cool, uh, send me a DM over on Instagram and I'll send you the picture. But um, I hope you've enjoyed. Next week, I'm planning to do a Q&A. I do one every week on Instagram, but I thought it'd be fun to bring some of those questions over to the podcast and just go deeper into them because obviously on Instagram, it's very short form and quick. And a lot of them, there's lots of different possibilities and things that we can go into. So stay tuned for that. If you have any specific topic that you would like covered on the podcast, I would love for you to either send me an email or go DM me on Instagram and let me know so that I can be of, you know, utmost help to you. That is the whole goal. And if you find this podcast is really helpful, I would love if you would be willing to just scroll to the bottom of the you know, the podcast page and leave a rating and review so that more parents can find it. I know um, a lot of people that I've been talking with this week just said, like, this is the kind of information that I have been looking for. The consequences or punishments or timeouts or bribes are not working. And this is something that feels good that I really want to try. And so if you're able and willing to just quickly leave a review of how maybe an episode has blessed you or helped in your parenting that would be so helpful to allow other parents and moms and dads, caregivers to see this message and know that there's another way that we don't have to continue to punish and time out. There are other ways that can be effective and that actually really do feel good. So if you were so inclined, I would really, really, really appreciate that. And if you are feeling like you need some more help and want some one-on-one coaching or you want to learn more about that, feel free to send me an email again or go DM me over on Instagram and we can chat. Um, All my programs are customizable to you and your needs. Flexible payment plans because I know that it's really challenging right now. And I would just love to be able to provide that help so that you can kind of move through the stuck place that you're in right now. So please connect with me in whatever way, in whatever capacity, just checking in and chatting, leaving a review, coaching, asking a question, just building that connection and community. I love any of those things. So I will chat with you next week. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and tag me at Kaylee Josire and we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.